If this is your first time listening to the Positively Joy podcast, welcome. We're so glad to have you, and we'd love for you to become a part of our online podcast family. So please subscribe or hit that follow button wherever you listen to podcasts. Or to receive updates emailed to you, text the letter P and the word joy, PJOY, to 22828. And you'll get exclusive updates about upcoming episodes, contests, and all sorts of great things. Welcome to Positively Joy, the podcast on searching for the light and joy in all seasons. I'm your host, Yvette Walker, and I'm very happy to have today on the show a woman with a cool name, but more importantly, she is a woman of God with a mission to preach hope and God's glory to the nations. And her name is Karen Friday. Hi, Karen. How are you? Yvette, I'm great. Oh, good. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. Oh, I'm, I'm so honored to be here and join you. Well, thank you. Um, you're also a pastor's wife, mother, speaker, mentor, and writer. And uh, originally, I really wanted to talk to you about how you got started with your brand, Karen Girl Friday, and how you answered the questions that plague many people, is God real and am I lovable? That's what I had planned for the show today. But this morning, back to back, I checked out a video about a woman who was the inspiration for the movie War Room. This movie was about a woman who went to war with prayer for her family. And then I went over to your to your website, to your blog, and the article at the top of the page, what was it? 15 scriptures to pray over family and ourselves. And, you know, I just had to chuckle. I had to laugh and say, Wow. Okay, God, thanks for the nudge. We're going to talk about that today. <laughs> he will exactly. do Yeah, he will do that for sure. Um, so, Karen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, besides the things you've mentioned, um, we our children are grown, and we also have two grandchildren. So I'm also a Mimi, mm. <laughs> and I love being a Mimi. Now, my first love is speaking. Uh, I started entering speech contests and oratorical contests when I was in the fourth grade. Wow. Yes, and so that's always been a first love, being in front of an audience, which is some people's number one fear, (laughs) to speak (laughs) to a crowd. Uh, And so it's continued my entire life, entering speech contests. Um, That was one of my favorite classes in high school. And then went on to college to major in speech and leadership communications. So I've always loved that. And then in 2014, the Lord called me to write. I had always been writing my own little Bible studies and devotional things that I would send out to women I mentored. And, of course, writing the things that I was speaking to women's groups about. Uh, when they had me come as their speaker for events. And so the Lord said, you know, I want this out there on the online world um, and in the print world. And I was completely green. I, I admit I had a lot of learning to do. So I started going to writers' conferences and got a writing mentor and started a blog, which helps me practice 
learning the craft of writing and yes i really enjoyed it and the lord's brought me a great community that we minister to each other and my theme is on hope um i say we're never far from hope and um if we know jesus christ particularly um because hope has a name it's jesus (laughs) very good very good uh, an interesting thing about me is um, I have a twin sister, mm-hmm. and she's also married to a pastor. And then I have a younger half-sister who's also married to a pastor. Wow, triple threat. That's great. Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to say. We lo- we like to say we're a triple threat <laughs> to the kingdom of darkness and to the enemy. Wow, wow. Well, a lot of people may know you. Because of this amazing video that you did, and it's on your blog, and it's, you know, it's a special video because there's no talking in it. You are able to communicate your your story through a series of cards. Tell us a little bit about what goes on in the video, and how did you get that idea, and why did you do that video? Well, at the time, and I think this was in 2015, um, I was reading a book about our story and telling our story. And I had seen YouTube videos and people post videos with scripts and cards, you know, with all the text and content on cards that they shared. Mm -hmm. And there were particular stories about how the Lord brought them a miracle, brought them out of something or just a hardship they were going through uh, or if they needed help in some way. And I had seen those, but I never thought about doing one myself. And then the Lord just really inspired me and spoke to me to do one. Just about the part of my life where our dad was out of our lives, my twin sister and me, and just how God knew us from the beginning. And so my husband helped me. He filmed it while I was holding up the cards after I wrote them out and um, put music to it. And on it's gotten a lot of views on YouTube, but on my Facebook writer's page, it has been viewed over 15,000 times. Wow. Yeah. And so it's been really a ministry to a lot of people. Still to this day, it moves me when I watch it almost to tears just just because there is such power in our story. And when we share it with others, not only does it help bring healing to our soul for what the Lord has done, but it encourages other people that there's hope. Uh, And so I just wanted to tell that story about our dad abandoning us for a while, our father, our biological father. And when he came back into our life, um, he was an atheist, mm. and so um, because he was out of my life, I wondered if I was lovable. You know, I knew I had a biological father out there somewhere, but my thoughts were as a little girl, a young child, well, does he love me? You know, does he want to see me? And then I started questioning, well, is God real? When I found out my father was an atheist, and if he's real, does he love me? Right, right. Because as little children, I mean, those those are not only real questions for us today, but as little mm-hmm. children, we, we question ourselves a lot, and all we know is the world around us. So if right. your world is, is, is limited in some way, at least 
you perceive it to be. Um, Cause I'm sure your mom was great and doing all that she could, but you know, it was limited in some way. Um, you might ask yourself, yeah, you know, not only why do you know, why is he gone? But also God, who is also my father, do you love me? Mm-hmm. Right. So it was a real, it was a real sweet 16 when my twin sister and I both came to know the Lord and accepted Christ when we were 16 years old mm-hmm. and uh, at a church revival. And then I realized I was now finally belonged to a father and I was adopted into God's family and, and that he loves me. Oh, amen. That is, that's a beautiful story. You talked about using your writing skills and if no one else knows, writing in a concise manner is harder than writing a long drawn out story. You had cards to put it on. Um, that was very, well, I would think that'd be challenging to tell the story, but you know, just a little bit on each card. Did that strengthen your writing skills? Do you think? It really did because one thing in writing you hear about in the writing industry, the writing world is, is to kill your darlings and cut the fat, trim the fat right? and and learn to love the delete button no matter how much you want to hang on to certain things. And so it really did because I kept having to go through and say, okay, I'm going to take this out. This video is going to be very long and how to say it in a concise way. So you're right. Mm -hmm. That's a great question. It really did help with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I I love your story for a lot of different reasons. Um, The piece about you writing and the fact that you've been writing in some way or another for, for many years, but then at some point God tells you, you need to use your writing in a different way now, Karen, to, to talk about hope and to my glory. And um, to be honest, I felt the same calling a year ago. It's been about a year ago. I went on a uh, retreat. I had never, I've been a writer for years. I've been a journalist for many, most of my career, but had never used the gifts that he'd given me in communicating to his glory. So um, I appreciate that you listened to him and that you heard him and and said, yes, Lord. Um, that's, that's something that I think a lot of us aspire to do. We don't always get to do it. And it's something I think we, we need to need to act on. Yes, right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the article. Again, I, I just watched this video. The video it wasn't new. You know, it, was, it talked about uh, the mother of the filmmaker who was the inspiration for the woman in, in War Room. And as I said, I just happened, I turned right over to your blog and then I see, I see this article that uh, was not the same, but, but had a real connection of talking about women praying for their family. Um, so what inspired you to write that article? Because, and, well, and I'll just, I'll just jump in really quickly because I think that prayer the house prayer for the household is one of the most important things I think we can do right now. It really is. And, um, war room is one of my favorite movies. I just love that movie. I've, I've watched it several times and wasn't sure I knew the story. I'll, I'll have to find that video you're referring to that YouTube video. But yes, I, I just remember in the movie that it just came down to, specific prayers for a battle plan against the enemy. And that's one thing the Lord's been teaching me 
I would say over the last five or six years is that the enemy he knows our weaknesses and he knows our strengths as well as our family members, our loved ones. And he uses that. He uses all those as a battle plan against us. Mm. So if we want to actually be able to stand and fight him with all of our armor on from Ephesians six and be able to, um, fight this battle with him, we've got to devise our own battle plan, you know, which was the theme of the movie. And so the Lord's been teaching me ever since about the power of prayer. And I think most of the time, sometimes um, we underestimate the value and the power of prayer, that it, it changes people and circumstances. It changes things. It changes us it moves mountains and it actually does a work in the spiritual world that sometimes we're unaware of because we can't see it, but we know it's, it's happening. Mm -hmm. We know there's this whole other spirit world. And so praying, um, just the, just the value and power of prayer that we often underestimate, but then praying God's word. It's like, you know, we hear, Lots of times as God's people uh, speak life, speak life over yourself and others. Don't speak death, you know, speak life mm-hmm. and speak truth, you know, speak the truth in love. And that's what we're doing when we're praying scripture. When we're praying scripture and we're personalizing it, we're inserting names into it. Then we're actually speaking truth and life itself because that's who God is he is life he is truth and we're speaking that out and I like to I like to pray it out loud sometimes because I want the enemy to hear me loud and clear (laughs) (laughs) that I'm I'm serious you know I'm serious enemy I'm serious about this Um, but one thing about my dad's story and my story that has inspired me to write about prayer and to personalize prayer by inserting our loved ones names and even our names into scripture is that when my dad did come back into my life, he was an atheist and he would say people, I remember he told me at nine or 10 years old when he came back, people think there's a God, but there's not. Just he very t- matter of factly, yeah. He told you that that at that young an age. Yes. Wow. And and this was only like the maybe second or third visitation with him after he came back. Mm. So I of course didn't know the Lord yet, but when I came to Christ at sixteen and had since learned that what my dad was displaying and really proclaiming was that he was an atheist and that he didn't believe in God. And so that night after the church revival, when I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior and I crawled into bed, I said, I'm going to start praying every day for my father to believe in God and accept Christ as Lord. I was 16 years old and I don't remember missing very many days praying for him, even though I was a very young Christian went on to college and had a mentor, a spiritual mentor in college. And then 
when I was in my early 20s, uh, a mentor that was discipling me, she knew that I was starting to wane a little bit in my faith. Mm. because it had I'd been praying for my dad for years and I said you know I just can't I just can't see this with my faith eyes that this is ever going to happen he is so hard-hearted <laughs> he is so far from the Lord I just can't I just can't see it and my faith is waning but I want to keep praying and so this mentor she encouraged me to insert my dad's name into scripture Mm. about salvation and pray it out loud like for god so loved gene uh and sometimes i put his full name in there for god so loved gene clarkson that he sent his one and only son that if gene believes in him he will not perish but have everlasting life or romans 10 13 if Gene calls on the name of the Lord, he shall be saved if he, you know, confesses with his mouth. And so I prayed those, and I really think it made a difference, and it absolutely, it absolutely grew my faith in the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I was 32, my dad came to me at the nursing home for my grandmother's birthday party, and said, did you hear the news? I accepted Christ as my Savior. <laughs> and so I prayed the same prayer for 16 years. Oh, my goodness. And I, I figured up, I wrote a blog article about this two weeks ago that um, called the prayer I prayed over 5,000 times because I figured up if I didn't miss very many days between me turning 16 and accepting Christ and me turning 32 and him accepting Christ, then I would have had to pray over 5,000 times for his salvation. Right. Wow. Wow. I think that was, right. I think that was the first article I read by you. And it's, yes. it's an amazing story. And, it's, and as you said, it's such a hopeful story. It's a story mm-hmm. that a lot of us can take um, for hope. And it's really amazing. Right. So I've been inserting names in Scripture ever since then. I insert my own name in scripture and there's nothing selfish about doing that because there's so much life and truth and power in God's word. Mm. And so I'll insert my own name into scripture, like first Corinthians, first Corinthians one nine that says, um, for God is faithful who called Karen instead of you who Mm -hmm. called Karen into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. And I even have that on a sticky note uh, in my office, in my home office here. Um, But, like, that was the blog post article that went out today was just personalizing scriptures for your family. I've done this for me and my husband for marriage issues. Um, If he's discouraged, I'll put his name in a scripture and pray it over him. Um, if one of my kids is struggling with a decision, I'll start their name in a scripture about wisdom from God and pray it over them. If somebody is seeking healing, I'll, my nephew right now um, is needing healing from something. He's been diagnosed with MS and, and you know struggling with that. And I'll insert his name often into passages and Bible verses about healing and, and pray them. Pray them uh, over him and in my prayer journal and out loud. 
And there's just so many topics the Bible addresses. Mm-hmm. If we need to forgive, if somebody needs to forgive us, if we need to love like Christ loves us, if we need to love ourselves, whatever it is, you know, if we can't stay away from a certain besetting sin that keeps tripping us up, whatever it is, God's word, you know, we can do a topic search on that and find scripture and put people's name in it. And like you were talking about, that in our home, uh, I had a Christian counselor tell me one time, she said, Karen, you can, um, you know, just pray for each room in your house and what's happening there, you know, Mm -hmm. like a family room and God bless our family room that we would connect and we wouldn't, we wouldn't be having too much screen time, but we would connect with people in the same room with us or, or whatever it is. And even anoint um, doorways and door frames and stuff for the enemy to flee from our home. So there's just, there's just a wealth of those kinds of things from scripture that we can be praying. No, I think even believers find it difficult to make the connection sometimes to scripture. So I love this idea to personalize. And in fact, this is just another You know, I don't believe in coincidences because it's all God. But this is just another connection again with you, Karen. It's just this this is so crazy. So I just did a a, a podcast a couple couple uh, episodes ago about the gift that a neighbor gave me. And it was a little jar filled with pieces of paper with scripture written on it with my name inserted. And I had never seen that before. She I gave her a gift about a year ago to help. keep her going after her husband had a stroke, just a small gift. And uh, a year later, I wasn't expecting anything, but a year later she turns around and she gives me this little package with all these scriptures written in it with my name. And I had never seen that before. And so again, it created this really personal, intimate way to pray. And I think more and more people need to hear about that because when I told people about it, they were so many people that I know, again, had not applied that. And so I think even believers sometimes feel this block or space between themselves and scripture, themselves and God. And if we can try to break through that, through personalizing, through creating this intimacy, um, I think that that can be so helpful, especially in the times we're going through now. I think it really can. It gives us just a battle plan again, and it gives us, real focus and real specific prayers so we're not going, well, you know, I, I'm i not really praying that long. I, I run out of things to pray about, or I don't know how people go in a prayer closet and pray for an hour or 30 minutes. It gives us so many options about, hey, I can do this. This mm-hmm. is something practical. I can look up things. I can put my name, people's names in it for specific needs and it's very intentional, very practical, very specific exercise and practice. And not only does it increase our faith and our faith in prayer and our prayer life becomes stronger, we become stronger prayer warriors as women and as God's people, but it also helps us hide God's word in our heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you pray scripture and some Bible verses a few times and 
and we know it. You know, we can call, we can remember it and say, Lord, you say in your word this because we've prayed it so many times. We know it. Yes, yes. Wow, wow. Um, so I've mentioned a couple of times, you know, in this time, during these times, this is going to be so helpful for people. And, and I'm talking about, in particular, the pandemic, but I think that there are many seasons that we walk through where we find difficulty. But I wanted to ask you, you know, obviously we're talking about joy on this channel. And so how difficult do you think it, it is to find joy in the midst of the pandemic and how can prayer help? I think it can be difficult, but something that the Lord has been teaching me, particularly in 2020, mm-hmm. is, is that not only is joy a choice and a gift, but it's not dependent on my circumstances. Mm-hmm. It's not dependent on my circumstances. Um, and the reason I say that is because 2020 in general as a whole has been very surreal for everyone, but particularly for me and my family. So right out of the gate, and what's interesting, I'm like you, I don't believe there's any coincidences. I like to say God's always working behind the scenes on our behalf. Mm -hmm. So nothing's a coincidence. It's all, it's all God ordained and God divine appointments. Um, but I had written for my first blog post, first blog article of the year in January, the first Thursday in January, um, what could I write? Because I'm not a big resolution person. Um, they're just too hard to keep and we end up being too hard on ourselves. (laughs) Um, so what could I write about that would inspire other people that would mean something to me too? So I wrote this article, my first article in January on my website titled, what if I just, what if I let God be God this year? Mm, mm -hmm. And so the focus was basically what makes God God and why am I trying to do his job <laughs> and what it, and how much better would my perspective be, my attitude, my heart motive, you know, just my overall general physical and spiritual and mental and emotional state be if I just let God do his job and I don't try to take over anything. I don't try to control and um, it, even though it's hard, I said, I just think that that is better than making resolutions. Just, Lord, just help me let you be God. I have this saying that I like to put out there. God is CEO. Am I in his seat? <laughs> <laughs> you know, God is CEO. He's in charge, but am I in his seat? And wouldn't you know it, four days later, my world completely turned upside down mm. with a very personal traumatic experience. And my world just continued to crumble around me. I was devastated. I wasn't sure how I was going to cope with the situation. And um, it absolutely sent my family into the darkest valley Mm. I've ever been in to date. 
And so I was going back and reading Psalm 23 over and over. Lord, I know your goodness and mercy follow me. You're with me in the valley. And I finally told the Lord, I said, Lord, I, I know you're with me. I don't know how long this valley's going to last because most of us want to to think that we're created for mountaintop living and that's it. Right. That we, we just want the joy of mountaintop living and we don't want to have to um, muster up joy for the valley, for valley living. But that's part of life on this earth. And so the Lord just kind of whispered to my heart that he was going to be with me in the valley. And I was going to come out on the other end more joyful than I ever could imagine. And just really knowing what real joy was like. And then, of course, the pandemic hit. And so the whole year has just been odd Mm -hmm. and strange and surreal in every way, but the Lord showed me a verse, and this has become one of my favorite verses, and it's Isaiah thirty-five ten. You may be familiar with it, but it says, "The ransom of the Lord shall return to Zion mm. with rejoicing, and everlasting joy shall be on their head." Joy and gladness shall overtake them, and sorrow and sighing shall flee. And I just thought, how many times in 2020 have I sighed? Have I went, (laughs) Yes. And how much sorrow have I had to endure in 2020? or And other people had to endure. But just this imagery that, Isaiah 35, 10 is painting about joy, that everlasting joy was going to be on our heads, you know, and that gladness and joy will not just be tagging along, not just be following us. It will over, they will overtake us. Mm. They will completely overtake us, run us down (laughs) and overtake us. And, and, Sorrow and sign will flee away. Yes. And it's just a beautiful picture that the Lord's let me see and hold on to during this pandemic. And something that else that a blogger friend and I were talking about the other day that I think is really vital for me is that we were talking about how, you know, the things that we were doing that helped us thrive on this earth in the Christian life before the pandemic are the same things that will help us during the pandemic. The, the things that were keeping us going during what we think was normal yes. will keep us going during what we think is not normal. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is a wonderful, wonderful scripture verse. Um, and you're, and I know you're standing on that now. Uh, you've mentioned so many wonderful scripture verses. I, I appreciate that. Um, I, I would love it when all of us immediately could say, yes, this is the scripture verse I'm standing on. Just immediately, just be able to call it. It's a question that I ask everybody that I talk to. It's just so nice, I think, for people to hear different scripture and, um, mm-hmm. and to go look it up and, and see the context around it and, and learn more about it. 
Sometimes we really only know that one quote, but we don't know the verses that came before or came after so that we can understand exactly what's going on and how we can apply that to our life. So that's something I know that I continue to work on. (laughs) Yes, me too. Me too. Amen. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, so you have a great website with a blog. Uh, Do you have any plans coming up that you'd like to share with us? I'm still working on uh, dreaming and working toward um, a first solo book being published. Mm. So since the Lord's called me to write, uh, I've been published in some um, magazine articles in print, in both print and online, and lots of devotionals um, online, like with CBN, and some other places. I also am a regular contributor for a nonprofit ministry called A Wife Like Me, Mm. where we um, minister to wives and we have um, a community now that's, I think, 120,000 women who follow us in, I forget how many countries. Um, but I write for them once a month, and I was one of the contributors for our first devotional that we put out May 2019. So we just had our first birthday. Oh, great! And it's called and it's called Dear Wife, ten minute devotions to connect with your husband. Mm. Um, and so um, I've been in that. I've been in several anthologies where. Some of my stories have appeared in anthologies, but I I haven't published my own solo book. I've pitched a few, uh, but the Lord's never um, saw fit to for any of those to go to publishing and and traditional publishing. And I continue to pray about self publishing and what the Lord wants to do. One thing the Lord told me early on in this journey, when I was first called to write, and I told this to my husband and several um, women that I serve on a women's leadership team with, uh, this, what the Lord gave me this message so that they would keep me accountable to it. But he basically said, um, remember this, Karen, and it's for me, is if I can't lay down my own glory, then God will never get his mm. in me, in me. So mm-hmm. if if my writing, speaking, blogging, if any of this ever um, becomes Karen, Girl Friday in the spotlight, then I have a problem. Then I have a problem because I've lost my way. Yes. I want it all to be about God's glory and, and him receiving the glory um, and inspiring, encouraging the readers who read my stuff and who listeners who hear my hear my words, that mm-hmm. it all points to him. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if it's, it's if it's a season for everybody, but in some small groups that I'm, that I'm in, we've been talking about this being a season of offense and a season of pride. And I struggle with that, too. I I think the average person would not say I'm a prideful person, but I struggle with that because I'm always wanting to make sure that what I'm doing, again, is for his glory and not just for me. It it can be it can be challenging. It really can. can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It can because we want to use the gifts that the Lord's given us. But yet 
it can be easy to cross that thin line over into wanting to be center stage and in the spotlight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, wanting your name on a book and or wanting your name somewhere. And you're right, it can be. And that's one thing the Lord showed me in this dark valley that I, I walked through this year is I studied the life of Joseph. In Genesis, and that's one thing that I saw over and over is the Lord humbled Joseph through his, you know, through his slavery and imprisonment. And it seemed like he was going from prison to prison. And um, that's what I felt like. And the Lord really humbled him. And that's what I felt like the Lord has done for me is he really brought me to a place of humility and I don't want to lose that. And it's something that you have to maintain. <laughs> it requires maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. It sure does. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Uh, well, thank you for being with us. Any last wise words you have for us? Well, going back to glory, talking about God's glory is, I think something I would like everybody to know is that God's favor always follows his glory Mm. and not in reverse. So if we want the favor of God, like we're always, or at least I do, I hear people say, you know, pray for God's favor over this project, this ministry, whatever it is. And we want God's favor and it's something that we should desire. And we see biblical people getting God's favor over something in their lives. But that's something that I really feel strong about in my heart, that God's favor follows his glory. And so unless we're giving God the glory and keeping his glory in the limelight, we will never get his favor because his his favor's, you know, not going to come before that. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Um, as we say in the journalism world, I think you buried the lead there. That is amazing. That is a great, great message. Yes, yes. Um, I am going to take that with me for sure. Wow. Well, thank you again for giving us your time. I so appreciate it. You have given us a lot to chew on. And um, I hope everyone goes to caringgirlfriday.com. Um, to read your blog and and to look at your story, I think that there's a lot there for quite a few people, um, and not Thank just you. and not just women. So yeah, yeah. Yes. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. It's been a great conversation for me. Well, good. Thank you. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you so much for listening to the Positively Joy podcast. We always appreciate you. Uh, don't forget to text the word P Joy P. J-O-Y to 22828 if you'd like to receive updates and information on upcoming episodes. We appreciate being here and as always, farewell for now.